Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. This is the last episode in season three of the Next Step Podcast. We've been recording this season over the last two Advent and Christmas seasons. So this is episode 12 of season three, and we've been focusing on the hymn journal Light in the Darkness, a hymn journal for Advent and Christmas from Next Step Press. That hymn journal is built around 12 original compositions and original arrangements of traditional Christmas carols by Brooke Orozco and Brendan Norp. And Brooke and Brendan get to be the guests on our podcast today as we wrap up this season. After a brief introduction and an opening prayer, you'll hear Brendan read from Matthew chapter 4, and Brooke will read select verses of Psalm 119. Both of those readings can be found on page 117 of the hymn journal. As part of the ensuing discussion, I get a chance to read the devotion on the next page, a devotion called, He Comes to Light the Way. After we listen to the title track for Light in the Darkness, we'll get a chance to hear from Brooke and Brendan about the composition of that song, as well as about the Christmas album as a whole and and how it all kind of came together. It's a really interesting discussion about what they like about the different songs and and what they're thinking and what it means to be able to creatively engage this music process as friends who also know Jesus. Well, it's snowing again today. Today is January 6th, Epiphany. It's the last day of the Christmas and Epiphany season. Uh, It's been quite a ride. We had COVID in our house at the beginning of December and then again at the end of December. And of course, it affected both our Christmas preparations and our New Year celebration. But in all of that, we were able to find quiet time together as a family and enjoy this season of uh, dependence on Jesus in perhaps a new way because of COVID. Uh, Wherever you are, however your new year is started off, uh, I'm glad you're here as we get a chance to sit together and talk about light in the darkness heading into 2022. Brooke and Brendan join us in the Next Step podcast. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hi. Brendan, where in the world are you today? I am calling in from St. Louis, Missouri. And how is the weather in St. Louis, Missouri? It's freezing. It was 70 on Christmas, but it's normal winter weather today. Oh, wow. Uh, That's kind of a warm Christmas, 70. And Brooke, where are you today? I am in Fenton, Michigan. How's the weather in Fenton, Michigan? It is cold and snowy. Great Michigan weather. Strangely similar to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we've celebrated Christmas and New Year. You know, I remember that time in in the parish is always a busy time. How did Christmas and New Year go for you guys? It's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Every church music director, it's over. We made it. We're still here. Uh, I know when I first heard your voice when we got on, I was like, Brendan, you're alive. Uh, (laughs) You've made it through the other side. (laughs) It was great. I loved it this year. I had had a great great time. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. I did too. Yeah, we had a real – it was a good pace. I felt like I got out in front of it soon Mm -hmm. enough, Mm -hmm. um, but not too far that I was bored by the end. You know, it was, it was real, it was, it was great. (laughs) There's kind of that window, right? Between overplanned and having no idea what I'm doing tomorrow. Like there's a a good balance in there somewhere. Yeah. It's funny because with Christmas, like, you know, it's coming next year. (laughs) Right. You even know the date it's coming. So like, there's always part of me that's like, I could, technically work out next year's Christmas Eve now. I mean, I know what's <laughs> happening, but I don't. 
But I could. But I could. You could, could. yes. (laughs) And we are right on the verge of Epiphany. So Epiphany, January 6th, is the 12th day of Christmas, or 12th night is actually the 5th, so Epiphany is the 6th. Uh, A celebration of, of course, the Gentile Christmas, wise men coming to Jesus, Mm. and the Epiphany season. The theme for that is always light in the darkness, which is the perfect transition from our hymn journal today. So thanks for being with us today, guys. Yeah, thanks for having having us. us. Hey, we're going to start with the scripture readings on page 117. But before we do that, let's open with a word of prayer. Come Holy Spirit and be with us today. Thank you for our conversation. Thank you for our friendship. Uh, Thank you for the work that you do through Brooke and through Brendan. Please continue to bless them and bless our conversation today. Come Holy Spirit, be with us. Amen. Amen. So our first reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then from Psalm 119, we read, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Thank you. And uh, as we read from Matthew's gospel and then from Psalm 119, uh, any anything that jumped out at you guys, particularly this time through those verses? Well, I, I, I almost wanted to laugh <laughs> when Brendan was reading the Matthew one because um, it's just kind of like it's it. this happens a lot in the Bible where we'll they'll they'll say something and then they'll say it again right away like okay jesus moved to zebulun in the land of Naphtali to fulfill this prophecy in the land of Naphtali, is that you know exactly the perfect to the t prophecy being fulfilled you know lest you missed it (laughs) yeah in case you missed it i know i just said it but here it is and it's beautiful how just how the prophecies all fit together I'm always uh, I'm always struck when I just hear the this this line of the people living in darkness have seen a great light those living in the land of the shadow of death like it's just so familiar to me you know it's mm. one of these things committed to memory it's right. something I know from songs I always think of the Messiah the people mm-hmm. in darkness and um, just that imagery of um, I think it's an easy one to relate to to just being in the dark and suddenly seeing light is one we can all we can all identify with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brendan, I actually uh, I was thinking of your sister when it talked about living in the valley of the shadow of death. I I was at the Christmas party for the staff that your sister uh, was on her way to when a drunk driver ran a red light, and that was a scary car accident right right around Christmas time. Yeah, that was, and thankfully uh, God had protected her and her husband through that experience but that is uh 
that is a reminder of the darkness all around, right? Yeah. yeah. Every, anywhere, everywhere. It's, it's, it's right in front of you. It's right next to you. It's all around you. Yeah. And, and Brooke, to your point, I remember I, I needed to look it up here. Last year when I was in Matthew 1 and 2, kind of reading around in there, if, if you look and you kind of see where all this stuff is coming from, if, as you look for God preparing and and protecting uh, Jesus, you get a reference to a star two different times. You get one, two, three, four different references to prophets. You get one, two, three, four different references to dreams and two different references to angels. And then these first couple of chapters, you get people from Eastern lands and Bethlehem and Judea and Jerusalem and Judah, and then Egypt and Rama and Galilee and Nazareth. It's like all over the place. Yeah. And Jesus is right at the center of I mean, you almost get the impression, in especially the first couple chapters of Matthew, that that this Jesus guy is kind of important somehow. Yeah, my niece was um, newly in her ninth grade theology class at her Lutheran high school, and the teacher asked the class, "So, who's the main character of the Old Testament?" And she raised her hand and said, "Jesus." And he's like, "I've never had anybody answer that correctly." <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool we're all That's like awesome. yes way to go emily yes. <laughs> win win point for the orascos yeah Woo. you know you, i mean a lot of times you oh you think noah or was it abraham or was it you know yeah, it could be david it was jesus yeah so cool that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool thanks well it's interesting to that that psalm 119 there is piggybacks on that idea of light in the darkness and that's one place where you see light shining in the darkness is in Psalm 119. Uh, before we continue to talk about our song, let me turn the page here and just read this devotion. Uh, it, it takes a phrase from the song and then bases a devotion on it. The devotion's called, He Comes to Light the Way. Can you imagine walking through rough country where cliffs and pitfalls could surprise you around any turn, where wild animals hide in the shadows and bandits set traps for the unsuspecting traveler, where a wrong step on loose rock means broken bones or worse. Can you imagine navigating that dangerous road at night? It's hard for someone like me to tap into any sense of threat or danger when the Bible talks about the dark. I mean, I learned not to be afraid of the dark when I was a little kid. I hardly experience actual darkness anymore. My car's headlights are automatic, emergency floodlights turn on if the power goes out, and my front porch light shows the path to the bathroom even in the middle of the night. I did crack my toes in a vacuum in the dark recently, but that hardly counts. I have a replica of the kind of lamp the psalmist would have used on that dark and dangerous road. It sits on top of a shelf full of theology books, and that's really all it does. The psalmist sees that ancient oil lamp as his only hope for getting home safely. I see it as a bookshelf decoration. I wonder how often I treat God's word like that. I have a replica of the scriptures the psalmist would have known. It's called a Bible, and it sits on a shelf full of theology books. The psalmist sees God's word as his only hope for getting home safely. All too often, my Bible is a bookshelf decoration. So I think we need to relearn being afraid of the dark, get a little more desperate on our spiritual lives, look around and see that we live in a land of darkness, in the valley of the shadow of a mountain called death, 
a mountain that blocks out the sun. Into that state of darkness and danger and uncertainty, Jesus comes as light. Light to guide, light to protect, light you can cling to for dear life. In a world where you can't always see your next step clearly, Jesus is your only true hope. Jesus will get you home safely. Life, light in the darkness, he comes to light the way. Life, life for the dying, he comes to still the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, for he who is God took human form. Rejoice. That was Brooke Orozco and Brendan Norp singing Light in the Darkness from their Christmas album called A Light in the Darkness. And we have Brooke and Brendan with us today on our podcast. So uh, as you listen to that song, is there something that jumps out to you? I'd like to hear more about the history, but anything that jumps out to you as, as you hear that song again? What's interesting to me is that we've we played that song for a lot of years before we recorded that. And we also made a lot of recordings along the way. Um, in preparation for that CD. And that song has been done a lot of different ways, right, Brooke? I mean, it's yeah. uh, initially was uh, very slow and had uh, more of a kind of a haunting quality about it. And then I think, you know, we kind of up the tempo as you think about the rejoice, right? The, uh -huh. the chorus kind of had that more, 
you know, bring it up a little bit brighter and change the key and stuff. But it was just interesting to hear it because when I think of the song, I, I think of it in all these different kinds of ways that's, yeah. that's been performed. And I think um, in some ways, those verses, you know, life for the dying, he comes to still the grave. They, they also connect with that, like a little bit more um, somber treatment as well. Mm-hmm. It's flexible in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you started playing it, I thought, Oh yeah, this is the fast version. <laughs> <laughs> it's that one. <laughs> and it's funny too because um, you know when I when I was recording that I was uh, playing that along with the metronome, you know, to put mm. all the guitar parts together, everything lined up real neat. And uh, you know, one thing that we always did when we performed that song was that that final line of the verse in him we seek our refuge apart from this world of grief mm-hmm. we would take uh like a substantial uh, retard right there you mm-hmm. know and just let that line kind of settle and and it was one of those compromises on on the recording like well i got this tempo thing going i you know so we just kind of hold the chords but yeah. again that strikes me because i think uh that that pause and then maybe that's the beauty of performing live too mm. is you get to have some of that uh more create creative in the moment kind of thing yeah yeah i always like doing that like we sing it at our church as as a christmas hymn and not only can you drop out instrumentally to make that contrast bigger between the world of grief and then the command to rejoice you know, but then you can actually slow the tempo down there too, which like you said, Brendan, we couldn't really do in the recording, but if you, when you're doing it live and even singing it in a group, you, you know, as a group of congregational people, you can slow it down even just a touch and really milk that contrast because the world of grief and then that's like the darkness, right? And then the light has dawned and then you get the shadow, you know, the shadow of, of, death is is scared away when you get that that command to just rejoice and it really opens up for that last chorus yeah so you still use this song in in worship brooke oh yeah we yeah we sing it yeah that that's really cool i I know sometimes when you you create something it doesn't have the shelf life is a little bit shorter so how long ago did you write this song (laughs) you were in college yeah 93 maybe 94 i mean it's been a long time yeah, it was well. So it's copywritten in two thousand six, but we, like Brennan said, we've been playing that for quite a while. So yeah, I think mid nineties, late probably. It was probably ninety five or so, Brendan. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, that copyright is really just came about when we made a CD and we yeah. filled out whatever piece of paper. <laughs> you know, you gotta say it's copyrighted yeah, yeah, at this yeah. point forward. But so I yeah. want to hear both uh, about both of those: the 1994, 95 setting, and and then the CD mm-hmm. too. So, so Brooke, is there something you remember about the the original, like what you were thinking at the time when you wrote this? Why did you write it? What was the setting behind it? Like Brennan said, we were in college. I remember exactly the moment I wrote the song, which doesn't always happen. You mm-hmm. don't always have that exact memory. But um, I was sitting by myself in my dorm room, and I was um, had been reading that Isaiah verse. We didn't read it today, but Matthew actually quotes it, his land of Zebulun and, mm-hmm. and the people living in darkness. That is a quote from Isaiah 9. Um, that that he says there in, in his gospel. And um, I had been sitting with that Isaiah passage and just kind of like, you know how you do, you just read and then you think about it and you read and you think about it. And sometimes a song comes out of that. And uh, I was just playing around on my guitar and was really struck by the, again, that word contrast between 
of people who are living in darkness and what that would have been like for them to see a great light, what that would have been like for uh, a whole people to be waiting for the Messiah to come. And so I just started thinking about what other contrasts there are. And I mean, the Bible did a lot of the work for me, but um, also just living life, you know, how is Jesus the, just a contrast to life situation? You know, um, he's the warmth and the coldness. And uh, he's, I also really like the verse that says he's a purpose for the joyful because a lot of times, you know, religion will kind of focus on, oh, everything's terrible, but we have hope in Jesus, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, oh, I'm so depressed, but Jesus got me through it. And all that's true and good. But I think there's also a whole aspect of just, you know, like you visit in your delight book, just being like living in joy. It's okay to be happy. You don't have to be a sad Christian. You know, like I like that he's a purpose for joyful things too. Like we go to him with our problems. Yes, we do. We go to him for forgiveness. Yes, we do. Uh, But we also have a purpose in what we have joy in. Like we give him, like it all wraps up to him again. We give him our wonders. Like that's a purpose for our joy. Hmm. Thanks. Thanks for that. I I appreciate that insight. Uh, uh, A Jesus for all occasions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus for every season. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep Jesus in the season. He's, uh, but you know, like all seasons, it, he's with you right where you are, no matter what. Yeah. How about the CD? What? So, Brendan, you talked about the CD too. So, what? When did you guys decide we're going to cut a Christmas album? Well, like any smart people, we decided to record a CD when we didn't live in the same city anymore. You know, oh, perfect. We waited yeah. until yeah. after. <laughs> we, she, Brooke was in St. Louis and I was in Michigan. So uh, we worked around that. But we, we had actually made a few attempts to make this album because we had been playing uh, every year together and, um, you know, adding more music. And we got to this point where, you know, we're like, we should, we should, you know, do more than this tape that we're passing out um, <laughs> that I made on my four track Tascam yes. in my yes. bedroom closet or whatever, right? <laughs> um, which I still have, which is great, great material. But, you know, it's funny. We had a little, I mean, I think Brooke would recall this well too. We, we had a little trouble getting this recorded. We had a couple starts and stops with um, different people like we mm-hmm. didn't own the equipment and the mm. microphones and, and the capacity. We, we were, we were the artists, but not the recording people. And yeah. uh, so there's, there's a, there's another kind of pre-version of light in the darkness CD. It's just got a five song CD that, that we were, you know, selling at, at uh, Advent things. Um, at the LWML luncheon. And the- yes, exactly. <laughs> by and, candlelight. And- yeah. And, and much to my kind of uh, disappointment, I actually have a, an entire CD of, of the album instrumentally recorded. And then some, some of them have vocals on, but it was never completed or mixed. Mm. Mm. It's like, wow, by the time we came to record this one, I felt like kind of an expert at playing these songs. Cause I'd <laughs> sat in front of a microphone several times oh, to do yes. this. And, uh, and uh, so it was, it was, you know, for us, I think we just felt this like need to kind of put a bow on it. Right. I mean, mm. and, and, we tried so hard and, and then so that was a it was a great thing to be able to you know put these songs on a way that that could last and then um ultimately last year you know to 
put it on Spotify and Apple and all yeah. those platforms yeah, because yeah. now it's it's actually readily available. So it's really yeah. it's a really cool snapshot. I'm really glad we did it. Yeah. 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 Well, it was such a blessing to to kind of weave this hymn journal around that whole album. We didn't even have mm-hmm. space for all the the songs on the album, but but the uh, well refreshing take on some traditional hymns that are familiar and some new stuff too. I just I you know part of Christmas celebration in my house is that album, so it's cool to be able to access it like that. Mm. So do you guys have a favorite song on the whole album, Brooke? Is there one that you're like, oh, you know, that's the one? Or do you like, is that all your, are they all your children and you can't decide between them? Or how, how does that work? No, pretty much that children one. <laughs> I mean, there's things I like about each song and how it all came together. And like Brennan said, we, I mean, it was, a, it was almost like a whole pregnancy and labor thing, you know, yeah, yeah. it was, it was like, 20 years of trying to get these songs together. That's a long labor. But yeah, I mean, even just little things about each song that are special um, of, about each song. I, I particularly enjoy the one that's German and English yeah, um, because of the memories connected to that one from when I lived in Germany and sang that song with our host family, the Poggles and um, how, translating it really transformed the song and i remember brendan you coming back and saying you know oh there's too many verses we need to can you turn one of those verses into a bridge and how that birthed the bridge of that song which is just so beautiful the hallelujah part which was an addition i mean every song has its has its story and how it got created and i i just i thank god for how he blessed that relationship that we have Brendan to be friends and to write and to write with um with such a a freedom I think because of what why we were doing it and because of the respect that we have for each other and just the fun that we have doing it you know I never felt like nervous that you wouldn't like something that I did even though there's plenty of times that you didn't but I didn't really care because you're my friend you know so it didn't matter and we were just creating stuff together and I think God really blessed that and gave us some really awesome stuff yeah absolutely yeah there's this the right amount of uh, give and take and yeah respect for our ideas and I, I mean I think about these songs like if I think about a favorite kind of like Brooke there I think all of them have things about them that uh, draw me in and as I was, I actually pulled it up here on my phone, the whole album, just to scan through the titles. And I was thinking about how, just like the song we heard, you know, when I think of these songs, I think of them in, in multiple forms, iterations over time, you know, mm-hmm. like when we first wrote Infant Holy, Infant Lowly, and it was a little different. And then it kind of evolved. Yeah. And eventually some nice lady in my church wrote us a third verse about Wiseman, because there is no third verse about Wiseman, but you know, it was too short of a song. We need another verse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, we want more. Um, we want more, right? Um, so I had forgotten that she wrote that third verse. Isn't yeah. that something? See, I forgot. I remember it now, but I had forgotten that. Lois Brandenburg. She was a little, little, little old lady poet at my church at the time. Uh-huh. And I said, Lois, can you write me a, a final verse to Infant Holy? Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many neat little things. Um, I, if I had, to, if I had to pick a favorite song, I would probably say it's uh, uh, the version of O Come Emmanuel. I just, oh. I, I love, <clears throat> I love kind of how that. To me, it captures the, a lot of the feeling of the original hymn, but it's nothing like the original hymn. And 
of, of all the things I think you and I have written together, Brooke, that one to me um, always feels like this uh, really kind of beautiful interweaving of our ide- our, our individual ideas, right? So I, mm-hmm. I had this guitar part, you know, that ends up being on the chorus and, and, and it was all that was just it. It was just a little instrumental kind of thing. And I can remember playing for you at Concordia sitting in the, we were like on a bench in the music building, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you started singing, uh, you know, the part, the part over at the rejoice and, and it was like, wow, like what a cool thing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just weaving kind of in and out of this thing that I had. And then you, mm-hmm. you put this part to it and it's kind of like that, you know, God blessed these things along the way. I mean, yeah. I really believe that because some of it, it's not like, wow, we're so amazing. It's, I think we just had these moments of wonder sometimes when things came together, and, you know, as an mm-hmm. artist, you're like, Hey, that's cool. We did that. But at the same time, I think you recognize in humility that um, oh yeah, a lot of it is, is beyond um, intentionality. And that's mm. kind of where God works through the music. It's really cool. Yeah. Well said. So I've heard you guys both talk about the relationship you have together and friendship creating. And uh, we've been talking a little bit lately as we've been trying to imagine how to kind of help a congregation create an atmosphere of, of taking next steps. The, the importance of some of those kind of core values or, or ideas. And, and one of them is having the courage to try and the freedom to fail. Yeah. And those things come out of th- that idea of, of courage to try and freedom to fail in your discipleship walk comes out of being real confident that no matter what, Jesus has got you and, and yes. God loves you. And it's that delight piece again, Brooke, like you mentioned, that if I'm playing not in order to gain delight, but but from a position of delight, yes. if, if I know that uh, my friend thinks I'm awesome, then I can do something that I'm, if, I'm not sure it's awesome yet, but it doesn't matter because it's my friend, you know? Yeah. So that experience that we had in our friendship is a great reflection of what we have with Jesus, right? So you, your identity is wrapped up in, if, if you can have your identity be wrapped up in who you are in Jesus and that he loves you no matter what, and you know, he thinks you're awesome and he's great and, and you're great and, and he sings over you and he's happy when you come to him and he wants to hear from you and he's a Jesus for every season, you know, like we said before, <laughs> um, then you can live in the confidence of that relationship. And I think that we experience that in life when he blesses a friendship for for his sake, you know, like this case. When you're in a, in a marriage relationship that's present as well, when you feel that security of, you know, you are loved by that person. Uh, or in a, in a parental relationship when, you know, I know my, my parents love me and I don't doubt that. So that lets me, it sets me free to do a lot of things you know, to try a lot of things and, and, and enjoy trying and not being afraid. And you don't always have that because we are, we're human. And so we're sinful. So it's kind of like, it's like a, um, a treasure when you find it. And it's really great to hear it put to, you know, to hear it reflect, oh, that's, that's God. That's, that's Jesus. That's Mm. reflecting that relationship. So that's why that's so priceless. That's why Mm. that feeling is, I want to chase it almost because, I, I put a name to it and it's, that's how I'm loved by Jesus. That's really good. You know, the people say, um, you know, choose friends wisely because, you know, we tend to, 
we tend to be formed by our friends, right? You know, mm -hmm. if you're if you're in the wrong crowd that has an impact versus, you know, different kinds of people. And I think, you know, knowing that relationship the, with Jesus, the the more you are close to that friendship, the more you act like him, right? So you get a little mm -hmm. better at loving people, mm -hmm. you get a little better at um, accepting others, you get a little better at grace and forgiveness. I think that gives you the confidence to also be willing to share and talk about it because, well, it's a real relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that confidence piece is really important. I think we we have a tendency in all of our relationships to hold back because you're concerned. You're not confident. You're often for good reason. You've been hurt before. Mm -hmm. uh, so to live your life with that kind of, uh, the scripture says, perfect love casts out fear. And I wonder mm -hmm. if some of that, the, the fear that gets cast out is the fear of, you know, looking stupid in front of other people. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, I know you both well enough uh, that I could look stupid in front of either of you and I would trust you to help, you know, that's, it would be okay. Uh, so that's kind of that, those kind of relationships, the fact that they point us back to Jesus is a pretty cool thing to think about. Yeah, yeah it is. And I think, I think as we go through life, I mean, here we are 20 years later, 20 plus years later from writing that song and a lot's happened over those years, you know, and it's hard to keep living with that kind of open embrace towards everybody. Mm. You know, when you're younger and you're, your parents love you and everything's great, you think the world's awesome and you're, everyone wants to be your friend. And then you kind of learn that not everybody wants to be your friend <laughs> <laughs> and that not everybody thinks you're awesome. Right. And so you still have to intentionally i mean you want to protect yourself sure but i don't want to live with in that kind of stance where i want to protect myself you know mm -hmm. i i need to i guess what i'm trying to say is now that i'm getting older i'm having to be more intentional about still wanting to embrace everybody as a friend still wanting mm -hmm. to accept everybody where they're at still wanting to you know have that outlook as i encounter life and people in life um, because that's how Jesus always approaches us. Mm. Mm. Uh, maybe that's the dynamic of light in the darkness too. I mean, the darkness is still dark, but uh, yeah. it, it, to cling to light in the darkness means you're not willing to uh, let it let that be the final word. The dar right. darkness in Jesus doesn't have the final word, uh, both now and in eternity, and uh, because of eternity, also, also now. So as we step out of Christmas and, and into the Epiphany season, which has this kind of light shining in the darkness theme, is, is there kind of on the horizon? Do you see how this might apply to a next season at work, a next season relationship, something you have kind of in front of you coming up next? How might you take this kind of confidence in Jesus with you and in, into your regular life? Well, I think in in 2022, that's the first time I've said that out loud, which is always strange. Um huh. I think we are kind of in this accordion life where things kind of feel like they're getting a little more normal and then they backpedal a little bit and we're, we're trying to navigate um, through what I would consider to be um, maybe one of the darkest times in terms of my ability to predict what the next year looks like has really been diminished over the last two years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if there was ever an analogy of kind of walking in a shadow, I think we're, we're kind of living in that. Um, I think that this song, um, this concept, the epiphany season, uh, the 
the revealing of Jesus is always an encouragement as we start anew, right? Everyone beginning mm-hmm. of the new year is a common thing. It's, it's take a moment, assess, and you know, set our goals and, and let's get to it. And uh, I think there's a certain hope about this uh, concept of light in the darkness and what the song speaks for us today and, and optimism. I guess, you know, optis, optimism is one thing I'm really trying hard to have. And uh, it's not easy, but we have reason to be, we have reason to be hopeful. Uh, Brooke, I think I was at your church when I heard another pastor Rosso preaching on this, uh, Dave Rosso preached on, 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 I think Psalm 119. And, and one of the things he, I hadn't thought of before, but I remember vividly is that he said, if you're holding a lamp like that, uh, you can only see like one step ahead of you. You don't yeah. get to see a quarter of a mile. You've only right. got that kind of, you've got the light, but you only got one step and that idea that, uh, like Brendan, you said, who knows what 2022 is going to bring. Uh, but for the next step, you got the light. And that's that's the important thing. Yeah, that's a great imagery. And also the fact that Psalm 119 starts out by saying that your word is the thing that lights up mm. my footstep. Like the next step in front of me, that's your word telling me what's there. Yeah. And I think that's my 2022 restart, you know, is just getting back into the word regularly. I mean, I'm in it a lot for work and I'm in it here and there for personal stuff, but we're going to start reading um, Luke and just breaking down Jesus's life and how he interacts mm-hmm. with people and stuff. And I'm excited for that um, at our, at our church, we're doing that. Um, but just to, just to really meditate on that God's word is what lights up the next step that I take, because like you were saying, Brendan, it's, it's uncertain out there. And if ever we had a reason to actually depend on Jesus and not just treat him like one of the things we do this week (laughs) on Sunday, you know, it's now for us to be shaken out of our, um, where we've been in our relationship and, and realizing what, who Jesus is and how he calls us forward through his word one step at a time, just taking that next step as he guides us, as he calls us forward into that relationship. Yeah. Like that devotion says the God's word is the psalmist's only hope for getting safely home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So J.S. Bach, you know, he often signed his manuscripts, SDG, Solideo Gloria, to God alone be glory. Uh, he he often started his manuscripts with JJ Jesus help so so mm-hmm. my theme for the year for twenty for twenty two is JJ JJ <laughs> for two two and uh, that that Jesus help in 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 every different kind of circumstance and I think I hear you guys saying that today too that that clinging to the word in the darkness that's a Jesus help moment no matter what when things are going well thanks for that too Brooke uh, a purpose for the joyful hey mm-hmm. this is awesome Jesus please be with me in that too right. So. I have loved, so I don't know if people knew this or not, but the the intro music, the intro and outro music for every podcast in this 12 podcast series has been Light in the Darkness, a song they maybe had never heard before. But we finally get the chapter where we get the words and the, the rest <laughs> of the music and the harmony. And and if it sounds familiar, it's because you've been listening to it in this podcast for two years now. So <laughs> The big reveal. <laughs> reveal. <laughs> There's something wonderful about that being the last, the, the title song being the last one in the book. I, there's something I like about that. I mean, I hope it didn't disappoint, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is what the, this is the, yeah, right? this is the this ending. Is the, 
Christmas though? That's what I waited for. Yeah. You got me what for Christmas? <laughs> Do you know what's cool? I just want to say, like, about that on that CD, there's there's only three songs that are that are originals that that Brooke that Brooke wrote: "The Light in the Darkness" and "To Us" and "Noel," mm-hmm. and all the rest are are Christmas carols and. Um, this one in particular, it's, you know, you say you do this with, with your congregation, Brooke. I've used this over the years during the Christmas season and, and played it or had people sing on it. And uh-huh. it's, it's, um, it's a well-designed song in that way. You know, it's, it's written, f- it's, it's, a, it's the kind of song written for people to sing and yeah. written for people to participate in. Uh, the language is, is really clear. The analogies are, are spot on and it's, it's joyful. It's, it's, hmm. it's a really, it's probably why it became the title track. Hmm. Yeah. For me, it, it bridges that Christmas epiphany season too. You've got, you know, even to him, their wonders give that's, that's almost, you know, three Kings kind of talk. And yeah. <laughs> of course, light in the darkness is the central theme of epiphany, but it's definitely a Christmas song. So it's, it's really, I think like the 4th of January would be a perfect time to talk about it. So I'm glad we're doing this today. <laughs> That's great. I mean, if we could have worked a little like crucifixion and resurrection in there, it'd be a song for all seasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got a Jesus for all seasons. So that's good. Jesus for all yeah, seasons. You should ask Lois if she could write another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes down from heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> the scroll drops. The scroll. <laughs> Ah, he comes to still the. I thought it was in there. He comes to still the grave. So we've at least got a little Easter there. in there. Some some resurrections. We do have some in Easter. Too. Man, it's all there. Well, Brooke, Brandon, thank you for your time today. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you for this wonderful music. Uh, of of course, we'll have links to that album in the description of this podcast. But thank you guys for taking time with us today. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Epiphany to you. Thank you. You too. Thank you. That was Brendan Norp and Brooke Orozco, the singer-songwriter-recording-musician team that put together A Light in the Darkness, the Christmas album on which the Light in the Darkness hymn journal is based. And the conversation there, you heard Brooke say that perhaps her favorite carol was the German one on that album. It's called Veres du Kindchen, and uh, it's not in the hymn journal, but you can find a link to it in the description of this podcast. Brendan said if he had to pick one favorite, it'd be their setting of the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's simply titled Emmanuel on their CD. I'll link to that in the description as well. Uh, Brendan talked about that more in depth in Season 3, Episode 3 of the Next Step Podcast. I'll make sure you have a chance to listen to that episode again as well. Well, their entire album, A Light in the Darkness, is available on just about any of your favorite streaming services, including Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, as well as on YouTube. So check that out. Uh, Perhaps it'll be a way for you to prepare for next Christmas or share it with your family and friends. As a part of the discussion, you also heard Brooke mention the book Delight. And then I talked about that Latin abbreviation, JJ. You can hear more about both of those with links I've put in the description. Well, as we come to the close of another season and the beginning of another year, I'm very thankful for our Next Step patrons. It's their regular support that allows this kind of Next Step content to be possible. So please, would you join us? Would you think about maybe doing a $3 or a $9 a month pledge to help keep the mission and ministry of Next Step Press moving forward? I really loved what Brendan said about this time being uh, in the epitome of walking in shadow, not being able to see the next step clearly, but the promise that comes from Jesus being there with you. And the whole idea that we would have 
both in each other, but also in Jesus, a friend who accepts us and loves us and receives us just as we are and is willing to take a small next step walking with us. May God's word be a light in your darkness this epiphany season as we walk into 2022. And whatever you face next, remember that Jesus is walking with you and he accepts you just as you are. Hey, thanks for spending time with us today. Happy New Year, happy epiphany, and we'll see you next time at Next Step Press.